A Christian mind is not one that is trained to think only about Christian topics. It is a mind that has learned to think about everything from a Christian perspective. Christianity provides a comprehensive view of the world. Christianity is a worldview. Worldviews are the grids. They are the lenses through which we frame all of reality. Hello, 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 hello. You are listening to episode 17 of the Black Berea podcast. My name is Mary, and who's in the room? Israel. Yeah, back by unpopular demand, actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, Dami. Dami, where you been? Mm. Um, I've been out here, man. I've been out, I've been listening to you guys. I've been enjoying the podcast that I haven't featured on. I think you said... I haven't been here since episode 10, something episode like that. Nine. Episode 9. Yeah. Wow. It's okay. a long time. That's Couple a long months. time. Um, but I've just been been taking in some of the wisdom and game that you mm. guys have been spitting on the podcast. The streets were saying that you've lost your zeal. Hey. Wow. Wow. Don't, hear, wow. don't believe everything you hear in these streets, man. That's what the streets were saying. When don't believe everything real. you hear in these streets. <laughs> How are you, Israel? I'm okay. Um, trying to survive this winter. I'm going to lie. Around this time, I always think about moving to like South Africa or California. Because nah. Nah. Not for I'm not me. made for this. Nah, not for me. But we'll make it through. We'll make, make it, it through. through. We'll make it through. And how are you, Dami? I'm well, man. Um, like Israel, surviving the winter. Um, just been a very busy period for me. Finally getting some respite. Um, so happy to feature on the podcast today. Mm. Any plans for Christmas, guys? I'm just here, to be honest, as in, in London. Um, this would be a good one to get away, actually. Yeah, it would be. About this would be a nice mm. one to travel, but I think mm. I'm going to be spending it with friends. Richard obviously just had his first child, so I spend yeah. a lot of time with her. Um, mm. Beautiful baby. Mm. I'm going to Nigeria. Ooh, yeah. always traveling. Yeah. Nothing's wow. changed since episode nine. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure on the last episode, I was when Mary was going somewhere. Well, so. I, was like, I, I can't remember. Yeah, actually, probably. But yeah, <laughs> I'm traveling again. But this is for wedding family vibes. Oh, wow. yeah, so yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyone going to Nigeria? Hold like me. Let's do this thing. Skinny baby. <laughs> <laughs> so what are we talking about today, guys? Um, we're going to be talking about art and the artist. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talking that sounds about interesting. Talking contemporary events that happened and discussing it more, I said broadly, theologically. Yeah. Okay, cool. Let's go. So last week, one of the topics we discussed was the functional relationship between genders in contemporary society um, with Harvey Weinstein. Mm. And we thought it would be good to tackle that issue again, but from a different angle almost um where do we go from there so what should what do you guys think we should do with all the films that weinstein has produced in terms of we see that his life isn't matching up with the art he's portrayed or so right. forth so what do you guys think about that what do you guys think can we separate artists from art or art from the artist it's been a hard one i think even for the company itself i think recently they decided that they're gonna have to close in the future um it <laughs> It's tough because I guess for Weinstein in particular, he was a producer and quote like a facilitator of the artists who were the actors and and, and the directors and so on and so forth. Mm. So he wasn't the one <coughs> creating the art per se. Mm -hmm. um, but at the very same time, now when you watch a film that has been produced by the Weinstein company, there's no way you can't think about Weinstein. Um, so, I, so I would want to say that you you can you can separate the two, but I don't think um, there's a degree to which you can separate it. Maybe that's what I should say. There's a degree to which you can separate the two, and I think at some point 
especially um, regarding the films where there's a direct contradiction in in the message. So if there's a film that's talking about, you know, upholding the dignity of women and, and so on and so forth, I think it's very hard to, to watch it and still take in the truth of that message when you know that the person producing it you know, after the film supposedly went off to go and harass another woman. No, but then it's with Weinstein, for example, a lot of, most people do not know the films he's directed. That's a good point. So, so yesterday I actually went, I went and Googled you what, has, what has the Weinstein company produced? And okay, this is not to disassociate from the very serious nature of this topic, but I didn't look at it and think that there were particularly a lot of popular films that people would be like flabbergasted at the fact that this guy has gone out and committed these atrocities and thus, this film that I love so much, I'm not gonna watch. Yeah. Um, and to be honest, I, I, I don't think we should do anything with the films that he's produced. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what's more important in this situation is the personal accountability. So like mm-hmm. Israel's been talking about the Weinstein company. Is it Weinstein or Weinstein? I think it's Weinstein. I've been saying Weinstein. Okay, cool. If it's Weinstein, then my mind is. <laughs> <laughs> so um, uh, the Weinstein company decided to remove him from the board of directors. Mm. Um, I think it was like the Academy for Motion Arts and Pictures or whatever. Mm-hmm. They've stripped his almost like directorship kind of thing. And like Israel was alluding to, these films that were produced were collective efforts. Yeah. So I kind of, I kind of think it's a bit unfair for the actors, the other directors, everybody who's put loads of effort into making these motion pictures to have those things kind of torn down mm-hmm. and removed because of the failures of Harvey Weinstein, who by and large, I, I imagine isn't a hugely integral part to the production of these films. Do you know what yeah, I mean? This, I, he's yeah. a name behind it, but I don't yeah. think Probably he's funding the guy. It. Yeah, I, I don't know if he's the guy that's telling people to act in this way and stand mm. in this position and take their voice up an octave at this point. Do you know yeah. what I mean? There's a, there's a lot more that goes into the creation of these things. So. I'm inclined to think that um, nothing should be done to the films themselves, but definitely the personal accountability um, is is far more important. So I think when people are thinking about things like sponsorship and all of those kind of things, mm-hmm. or having Harvey Weinstein be a face of some award or be some like somebody somebody that presents that kind of thing, mm-hmm. I think those things are far more appropriate to perhaps strip from him mm-hmm. or anybody who's been caught up in this kind of melee. So I think you were saying on the last podcast, um, Russell Simmons, mm-hmm. uh, who quite recently has lost a number of sponsorships. Yeah. Um, and I think those are the kind of things where it's not necessarily just about hurting people in their pockets, but making them personally accountable for the, the things that they've done is far more important than um, reducing you know, the films and stuff that they've created. So you wouldn't think going to watch a new Weinstein film or produced film would be directly endorsing his lifestyle and what he's done. No, no, I, I don't, um, I don't get that sense again because I, I, I'm looking at it and I'm thinking he's actually quite far removed mm-hmm. the way I understand movies are made from the production. And it's certainly, it's not as if I'm going to watch films about Harvey Weinstein's life himself or or films being made about sexual harassment. Mm-hmm. Where I'm saying, okay. I'm going there and I'm watching this almost as an implicit endorsement. So you you take, uh, what was that film? Fifty Shades of Grey, for example. Now I yeah. wouldn't go and watch that film because the I don't even know who that who that was produced by. But when you're thinking about the the the, the ideas behind the sadomasochism and all of those kind of things, there's an implicit endorsement of the se- uh, personal sexual gratification at the expense of women. Yeah, mm. that's the kind of thing where I'll just be like, okay, I wouldn't watch that. Um, but if 
if for example he produced give me a film that he produced um what's it called the king's speech actually that's actually one of my favorite films that's like a, a top five film, film. Yeah. that's yeah. a banging film um, yeah. and i i don't think the efforts of colin firth and mm. the others who are in that film should be detracted from because so would you say that the, the weinstein company should continue to operate possibly change name and just have like a because that's been yeah because because it's not simply he's one artist doing work because there are so many other um people involved it's more complicated than one particular singer is in trouble and now they've stopped producing their music or something so do you think that the company should maintain its and now we production and just sort of like do a, a revamp of the entire structure and are we consistent as well because every there's every individual and every artist's life is questionable in some sense of course i'm not saying that there's degrees but we can look at someone like a Stevie Wonder now who's mm. made great music but has questionable life, MLK. Like there's so many artists, Bill Cosby now, where and how do we what we kind are, of we scale? ourselves. Let, let's yeah, like, back, I, I think this is this is Dammy himself, like he's, he's a mess. <laughs> like <laughs> And 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 every single one of yeah, us yeah, that's yeah. in this room. <laughs> this is, this is, but obviously the, I think the point is the, the broader point about this is I almost want to say that Christians should be the last people um mm -hmm. to be stepping on the heads of people who've been publicly um, shamed for some sin that they've committed mm -hmm. and not be mindful of the fact that, you know, if a person is um, contrite about the, the things that they've done, that they should be given a second chance to, um, not necessarily in, in every situation, continue on in the same vein that they were, in the same capacity that they were initially. Mm -hmm. But certainly we understand the nature of grace and forgiveness means that we who are undeserving of anything the Lord has bestowed upon us His righteousness, and therefore we're looked at as, as, as um, a part of God's family. And so I think, even if we apply that on a kind of micro level in this kind of situation, mm. I think we just have to be partic particularly careful about the way in which we lambast um, any individuals who are kind of caught up in this cycle, mm -hmm. um, just to make sure that we we recognise that yes, the actions, the words, whatever it is that they done was wrong. Um, but we can't hold them in such, uh, we can't hold them to such higher, I don't want to say esteem, hold them to such high level that it almost makes it seem as if they can't move away um, from the things that have epitomized them in the past. Mm -hmm. um, I think there was a post, um, Alicia Rob Rosenberg, she was writing for the Washington Post and mm. she was talking about R. Kelly and mm. his kind of child pornography charges that he's had around had thought uh, about him and she said that there's a line that can be crossed morally between an art and artist um she writes that it's one thing to consume the art of people you profoundly disagree with or even who believe in ways you find abhorrent it's another when you simply don't want to fund someone's lifestyle anymore even at the tiniest level it's worth knowing the, the difference so like what's your thought on that on that statement the fact that maybe buying someone like r kelly's music is directly funding his lifestyle and affirming Maybe like one, Romans one thirty two, where he right. talks about actually affirming their sin. Um, I think to money always has a way of revealing what we value. And so you love money as well. <laughs> wow, yo, Mary just <laughs> honestly at your head top. Honestly, um, so I think she 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 clearly hints at the idea that we can't just view our money as a, as a neutral mm -hmm. event that just that just happens. Um, I tend to, I kind of agree with her. I think to a degree, at some point, um, 
there has to be a line that can be crossed. Um, I'm not exactly sure where to place it, but I would say if if someone can pay for R. Kelly's music, no matter what happens, because they love the music so much, then it almost sounds to me like um, R. Kelly has become a quote mini god, mm. mainly because it's it's suggesting that um, you're almost beyond reproach. Yeah, that it's it's like oh, um, I hold this person and their music so highly that there isn't a line they could cross that wouldn't result in me removing my money from their pocket. Um, mm-hmm. And you have, I guess, you have to have a line somewhere. Um, the question is, where is that line? Um, I, I tend to want to put it where she put it, but it's still a bit fuzzy in my mind. Anyway, I so. mean, I mean, I wonder if that's to do particularly with the nature of the allegations and charges that were pressed against mm. him in particular. Because mm-hmm. I think Mary makes an important point. Loads of the art, literature, entertainment that we consume, put it this way, all of the art, literature, entertainment we consumed is produced by sinful people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in that regard, I'm inclined to think if we're going to start putting thresholds, it's going to be a very low one. No one's making it. I mean, no, no one's going to be able to watch anything or, inter- or consume anything, literally because we recognize that men are sinful. And so mm. despite the fact that they can produce good things, it's ultimately tainted by the fact that they're sinful men. So on the question of R. Kelly in particular, I don't listen to R. Kelly. So He's got bangers. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, and I, I almost want to say... It, it, well, is, you don't listen to R. Kelly for those reasons. For like the recent new, the recent kind of allegations I mean, received, previous re- allegations. Yeah, so received. I, I, I used to, I used to listen to R. Kelly. He has got bangers. I could name a few, mm-hmm. but um, I don't think. No, I don't think it's entirely because of those allegations. But okay. I would say, on the flip side, those allegations make me hesitant to go back and listen to that music. Okay. I think one of the things that perhaps, you, perhaps in that particular case, um, would be difficult for me is that because of the nature of the music that some artists make. When you hear some of the kinds of allegations that are being made against them, I know that these artists aren't making music in a vacuum. So if a person is making sensual music, they're making sexual music, Mm -hmm. they might, when they're storyboarding the ideas or putting lyrics down on a piece of paper, they may have somebody or some people in view. Mm -hmm. And I think the thing that's hard for me to almost disassociate from the fact that it's good music is the fact that as far as I'm aware, he's not a married man. Mm-hmm. So he may he have somebody married. in mind who he shouldn't have in mind. I get I mean? what you mean. And then for that reason, it would make it very difficult for me to go back and listen to a song like Honey Love. Mm. The same. Chocolate Factory, Banger. Oh Loveland, I got you. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So I, I think that's where the difficulty is there. But I think it also has something to do with the nature of the allegations that are posed um, in his particular case. I think when you're speaking more generally about... Um, where do, we, where do we draw the line between artists and art? Mm-hmm. It's a hard one for me because I've been thinking about my love of battle rap recently. <laughs> wow. Sorry, it's bro. all coming out. Been, listen, all coming out. Like, listen, I've been thinking about my Dami's love been. of battle rap recently. <laughs> and um, I've, been, I've, I've had a few back and forth with like, my elder at church and kind of stuff about, you know, like, oh, wow, is yeah. this stuff that you can consume? given the nature of some of the things that they're speaking about. Mm-hmm. His suggestion was no. Yeah. Um, I haven't completely stopped listening to it. 
I'll come back to you. <laughs> <laughs> but in for in in, re- in relation to R. Kelly, yeah. in terms of separating the art, for example, so if you do he, R. Kelly does have a lot of sensual songs, but then yeah. he has a lot of good songs. He has a lot of songs about love and the goodness of love. Things that are good, quote yeah. unquote. So yeah. you is it one thing to decide, okay, I'm just not gonna listen to those songs that are that are, are wrong, but I will engage with the songs that are good because if you're actually analyzing the songs itself, yeah. the songs are fine. Mm. Or are you saying that you're actually impacted so much by his lifestyle that even when you're listening to these songs, you're still listening to it from a man who you know is living a life that's just not conducive with? There, there was a recent, um, re- recent revelations around the theologian Karl Barth, who you need to exp- you need to tell okay. us who Karl Barth is. Karl Barth, twentieth um, century, so that's what nineteen hundreds, um, theologian, German theologian produced like massive works um church dogmatics he was he created the mo- not created a movement but was known for the movement of neo-orthodoxy all that stuff so he's like a very big i'm just dropping words that he expects <laughs> everybody that's listening to <laughs> guys google these words <laughs> the theology is itself so basically he's a very very like key theologian for modern um theology mm-hmm. that if you're gonna study theology you you almost certainly can't escape studying Bart. right um the reason i brought him up is because i think this year i can't remember where some journals were found by him that showed that while he was married he had a mistress who was his secretary um who while he was actually writing this these church dogmatics um he was engaged in sexual infidelity that his wife was aware of but he refused to leave the mistress alone made her the secretary to help him write these church dogmatics um and all these things so and i think that you know i read a few blog articles where people who are very very strict bartian um, scholars were like i can't read this his works anymore because now when i read his church dogmatics i can't help but think when he was writing this his mistress was helping him mm. who he was sleeping with mm-hmm who he wouldn't leave even though his wife and his family were aware yeah and it's like once you once that information enters your head it is hard to look at the art and not think about the implications it's mm-hmm. one thing when no one knew to just read his words about oh yeah he's talking about christ here and all this stuff and it's like, this is really insightful let's study it but now whenever you read it you're instantly going to think about that and it's like how well can you read his work now yeah it's even similar to the Cosby Show, a lot of people who grew up watching The Cosby Show, they struggle to separate Bill Hoxtable, the character yeah. in The Cosby yeah. Show, with yeah. Bill Cosby, the man who's portraying. Um, is that is that conscience? I'm sorry, I was going to ask a question. Yeah. Go on, Dami. If a man was like a murderer and adulterer, um, and he wrote about Christianity, or he wrote about his faith, and you knew that, do you think you could read his work? Is what is what he's saying? I know where he's going. Is what he's saying? It's good. It's good. It's good that you know. That's good. I know where he's going. But is what he's saying true though? Because if the that's what I'm trying to say. Like if the art itself is true, then I can engage with it. You can. I guess it's it's not that you you can't engage with it and um and the rest. But if we're if we're if we're thinking about I don't. I guess my point is that it's it's understandable when someone can't escape the thought of the of this person's actions mm-hmm. while they engage with their art. That it makes sense that if I listen to R. Kelly's music and I think about all the things he's done, I struggle to 
to really enjoy it now. It mm-hmm. makes sense that if I read Bart's dogmatics and I think, oh my days, he was doing this and that, it makes sense that I would now struggle to read it. Yeah. Um, which I guess hints at the fact that there is a degree to which the two are conjoined. Yeah. Um, but Dami, what was your bigger point? He's talking about David, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> David was a dean, though. No, we, and, are, and, we and, appreciate and that, but I yeah. think the, the basis on which people make this decision is the fact that a person has passings that we that's can't get true. away from. Do you that's know what I mean? True. Um, and I think that's the tension in a lot of people's minds is that I just, I, dis- despite how amazing these works may be, I can't get away from the fact that they've done X in the past. And again, perhaps I just bring it back to that point about how the Christian ought to value forgiveness and grace. Um, is the fact that the, the fact that we've been redeemed should give us at least some scope to be appreciative mm. of the fact that, despite the fact the fact that men are fallen, um, they are made in the image of God, and then therefore have the propensity to create things that are good. That are good. Do you know mm. what I mean? And the degree to which we separate ourselves from them when we hear of um, allegations or sins that they've committed, I think perhaps it will have to say is a personal, um, personal choice. I don't know that I can give some kind of cut and thrust rule. Um, for each individual about how they make these decisions. But I think that's something for us to bear in mind that we don't almost um, relegate somebody to, they're, they're so far out of the purview of, of being able to be brought back into, as it were, not the fold, but you know, brought back into the public sphere and appreciated for things that they've done. Mm-hmm. That said, Harvey Weinstein and any everybody, any everybody who else has been caught up in the scandals, actions were deplorable. Mm. We don't celebrate them. And I think, sorry, a question that you asked, that the very first question that you asked, and this was something that got me thinking yesterday, where do we go from here? Um, I think more generally, just on the, on the broader thoughts about um, the sexual harassment claims and all of those kinds of things. I think we, as it stands, we're still a long way away um, from the finality of the exposure that's coming out. I still think mm. there's a lot of stuff that's gonna come yeah, out, yeah. both in Hollywood, in other industries, possibly even in the church. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have to be prepared for that eventuality. Yeah. And I think we also have to continue to encourage people to speak out. Yeah. Um, we shouldn't try and muzzle the voices of people who've been victims. Um, we should encourage in, encourage that kind of transparency so that we're able to hold people who are held in high esteem or who have positions of leadership um, to account. Particularly for the church, I think it's... Um, I don't know if you've been following the kind of scandal that's been happening with Senator Roy Moore in the US yeah. 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 and the kind of fallout from that. Um, it's, I don't want to have to, it's not getting onto my American brethren, but we have a president of the United States yeah. who has a long history yeah. of sexual harassment claims and allegations, credible ones made yeah. against him. We have recordings yeah. of him saying that he, sexually abuses women essentially. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that, uh, I can't remember who the person that said it is, but I think it's absolutely right, is that we can't afford to, um, we can't afford to put sexual harassment or abuse aside at points where it advantages us. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking particularly of the church, when I'm saying that at the point at which people are going to the voting polls, or voting booths rather, and voting for who they wanted to be, the United States of America, some people are willing to say, okay, cool, I appreciate that Donald Trump has a long history of X, Y, and Z, but because bad Hillary is going to come in and promote this liberal agenda and mm. perhaps make abortion more accessible, therefore I'm just going to have to 
um, set aside my thoughts on on Donald Trump and being being prepared to push, um, you know, a, a a dogmatic stance on the wrongness and the unrighteousness that is sexual abuse and sexual harassment at situations when it advantages us. We as the church have to be against that. Yeah, like mm. we, we have to stand firm and say actually on both sides because I think Hillary Clinton also tried to shush um, women who came out and made claims about um, yeah. her husband. Yeah, yeah. Um, We have to be prepared to stand true to the scriptures and call out sin when it is sin and not because it would advantage us in some way. Mm. Just say, okay, we'll be prepared to keep this on the hush for some people just because the bigger picture that's in mind. Now we have to be quite firm in saying that, calling mm. sin, sin when it's sin and um, leaving it at that. Yeah. It's a tough, tough um, situation. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. Okay, last question for me anyway is mm. just going back to art and secular art. What is your approach when dealing with secular art? Like, how do you think Christians should engage with secular art in this world? And I'm keeping it as art just to keep it very just broad. Art. So you can talk about music. music I think, in a, I think in a sense, we, we, we dealt with this maybe on like the second ever podcast. Oh, um, yeah. Um, so when we were talking about, fences. yeah, Gang Signs and Fences. When, oh, yes. when we were talking about, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we were just doing a bit of a review of Stormzy's album. I think mm. I used the, uh, something I've said earlier on today even, just that we have to be mindful of the fact that because men and women are made in the image of God, they have the ability to create things which are noble, which are beautiful. Yeah. Um, we don't detract that from the fact that men are fallen also. And so that will influence some of the stuff that they create. Um, we're not opposed, I'm certainly not opposed to engaging with art, culture, all of those kind of things, because it's something that we see that church fathers did do you know what I'm saying so like Paul Paul did. Art, yeah in, in, in Acts 17 when he's mm. talking to the Athenians about their own po he's quoting their own poets we can see that men can read men can enjoy even engage in some of those the arts of their time so I want to say first of all that it's possible to do um, don't think that you just have to listen to things that are have the Christian label or tag on them yeah um, but then I think this also now enough ties into my kind of like battle rap conundrum um i think one of the things that i'm definitely careful to do is try not to um what's the word engage things that i know can exacerbate personal struggles mm -hmm. so i think this is this is where knowing your knowing your 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 own life um where you stand in your christian walk the things that you need to be able to stay away from yeah um and if a medium of art would make that struggle more intense, mm. stay away from it. Yeah. So I'm not saying this is necessarily for me, but I do know people who don't listen to slow jams or sensual or sexual music because they have a history of sexual promiscuity mm. and they don't want to have to deal with those kind of thoughts and th feelings and that kind of yeah. thing. So I think knowing the, the sins that you're prone to, should I say, mm -hmm. um, and the difficulties that you can have in that regard, that's one of the things that I think is very helpful to help disassociate yourself from uh, certain mediums. It's like if you've had a history of alcohol abuse um even though you come to the conclusion that alcohol in, a, in and of itself is not a sin mm. you would definitely say okay but i'm just not going to touch it because for me personally that makes no sense and it's not worth the risk just because i believe it's not in and of itself sin mm -hmm. yeah. um what, what would you say is one of the things that you have in mind when you're choosing 
what to listen to or read or not to? Um, I think I, I, I more recently I try to use um, Common Grace as a as a lens to see in in any particular form of art the good that's there and then um, the sin that I would want to avoid. Um, so so now when I approach secular art, I think to myself, okay, because all pe- all p- artists are made in the image of God, there's going to be some good that I can draw from there. But because they are also sinners, there's going to be um, evil and things that I can't, that I cannot accept. So that's that tends to be my framework whenever I approach it, and that can lead me in different conclusions just based on um, what it is that I'm looking at. Mm. Uh, it tends to be more favorable to paintings when I go to galleries and stuff. Okay. Um, <laughs> and, and now... Leonard, man. And, and now um, it tends to push me away from uh, artists that have uh, been doing... So, for, okay, the person I'm thinking of in particular is... So, like, the R. Kelly's stuff and Chris Brown, for right. example. Um, just because I think, okay, you know, there are elements quote elements of good um but i find it hard to separate their failings from their art and so it kind of pushes me away mm. um so it, it 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 varies widely based on what i'm looking at um but it's it's like a rough framework that i use okay um, to analyze what about you mary um i think it's more about worldview so okay. even what you said hmm. in um in the gang sign and fences episode about listening to Stormzy's album and, and seeing the perspective in which he comes from. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like in a lot of art, people are still trying to answer the big questions of why am I here? What is my life like? So you, you mm. can even engage with an art and you, or watch a film and you're like, okay. What's your I life see- like? Yeah. <laughs> That's a battle rap bar still. Danny, what's your life, please? <laughs> Um, and, and you're seeing what they're trying to present and mm. it's all about me trying to I, I, I find it quite enjoyable to see what they're pr- trying to present of course to an extent because sometimes it's just it's too wild I just can't even lis- listen to it but it's like okay this way and then seeing how I respond to that um, just similar to what um, Paul was doing in Act 17 yeah. um, and then seeing the giftings I grew up in a family where it was kind of told to us that secular art was evil it was it was the devil's playground that it had to be attract or had to be something gospel focused and actually god has given gifts mm-hmm. so we look for beauty and we see beauty in the world and god has given common grace for unbelievers to produce beautiful things mm-hmm. um and that's just one way we can enjoy god's creation mm. um so that's how i try to engage with it hey 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 it's israel from black berea and um, black berea is feeling very Christmassy, and so in the christmas spirit we want to give away two books each to two people courtesy of grace to you europe the books include Um, titles such as Think Biblically, Recovering a Christian Worldview by John MacArthur. So if you want to be in with a chance of winning, all you have to do is send an email to BlackBerea telling us which episode you've enjoyed the most and why. That's BlackBerea at gmail.com, BlackBerea, all small caps, at gmail.com. And also don't forget to share, like and subscribe to all our social media outlets. That's Facebook, BlackBerea, Twitter and Instagram at Black Berea and YouTube Black Berea. Have a wonderful Christmas and a very happy new year. Okay, so moving forward, 2017 is ending. This is our mm. last podcast episode for the year. Oh. What have been some of your highlights from 2017? You can be general, you can be personal, you can be Black Berea, it could be world events. Um, well, for me personally, uh, finishing university 
Um, small boy. Yeah, small <laughs> wow. Wow, you Yo. really took the opportunity. <laughs> did. Didn't you? Mary, that's did like a fourth shot. Did, can you imagine? <laughs> like she came shot. prepared. Small, but you're mature in the faith. Uh, you're godly. Come uh, on. Thank Some Timothy. You. But yeah, it was a, it was a real um, uh, blessing. Um, thankful to God to be allowed to actually finish and graduate. Um, to actually put that BA at the end of my name. Mm. I'm that sort of person who will put the BA everywhere. You know, you would know, you would know that I worked. <laughs> um, and obviously, to even finish uni and go straight into a job is a is a really good privilege. I know it's not an opportunity that everyone gets mm-hmm. um, to make that sort of swift transition. Um, so definitely for 2017, that's been a sweet highlight. Mm. Um, but yeah, Dami. Um, BlackBerry are launching this website. Hey. BlackBerry are taking off, to be honest. Mm. Taking um, off, you know. Be a yeah. bit humble, boy. Sorry, because <laughs> I'm, I'm just like. Oh, you mean the launch? Yeah, the launch. This has been yeah. a, this has been a, it's been a thought for a while, mm-hmm. and to actually see some of the, to actually see it come into fruition in terms of the production of the podcast, eventually the website with the articles and the videos. And just seeing a lot of the love that people have been given, um, we're thankful for the feedback and stuff, the support that people have given to us. Mm. How we've been able to, by God's grace, help other people as well with the dissemination of Bibles, books, all of those kind of things. Um, that's been a real encouragement. Um, personal highlights. I'll get back to you. <laughs> get back to you. This guy's How so about pr- you, Mary? This guy's so private. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, yeah, I've had a lot of highlights this year, actually. Um, I've been mm. to seven different countries, which is like a vibe. Wow. Um, I, ha- I started a new job as well. Um, weddings, babies, just mm. growth generally. Mm. Um, spiritual growth as well, which I'm grateful to God for. And also just, I think now retrospectively looking through the year and seeing some of the yeah. like strain and the difficult times and seeing how the Lord has kind of used that as well. So like, mm. I feel like this year has been the most self-reflective year for me in terms of seeing my thoughts and how I can improve and mm. just seeing how friends around me have been able to challenge me when, when necessary. Um, so yeah, those are some of my highlights. Been a really good time. Good, good, good. What are you guys looking forward to in 2018? Dami? We're already in that. 2018. Um, 2018, I'm, I'm going to see a bit more of the world. Hey. I'm going to be a bit more like Mary. Don't know. I'm, I'm retiring, know I'm so I might, I might Mary's just influencing. I'm retiring. Right? You're retiring. Yeah. I'm, done. Okay. Wow. I'm just getting started. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm hoping to see a bit of of South America, mm. um, maybe some of Southeast Asia, but I definitely want to go and see some more of God's wonderful creation. Indeed. Um, go and spend some time, meet some saints out in different countries, because that's I'm always encouraged when I hear about you know people bumping into people of the same faith as them, and when they're in a different country and despite the fact that, you know, they may speak a different language, I have entirely different backgrounds, both brought together by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, I've got some other stuff in the pipeline, but, you know, keep it quiet. Wow. Private. Wow. You get me? <laughs> just, just hashtag secure in the bag. <laughs> Israel? Um, well, just jump, jumping off of what you said, there's a, a good number of weddings coming 2018, um, <laughs> which will be... I yeah, man. <laughs> Shout out to them, man. I just fleecing me. <laughs> a real highlight, I guess. Something to look forward to. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, I, I guess looking forward to being a bit more cultured. Um, how? I, how? I, I guess I'm. I I can get very comfortable in a particular form of arts. We've been talking about art. We've been talking about art. So yeah. So branching off into into other um, types of art. I'm not. I'm not as 
a ball. I'm not as much of a baller as oh, Dami. So yeah, him. nobody Rather is. Rather than traveling to Brazil, I'm gonna go to the British Museum and check out <laughs> and the, see all the, the stuff the that we that we stole from Brazil. Israel and Greece. Fast your contemporaries are flying the world. You're going to the science museum. Fix your life. Don't mind. You have to find a way to make it work. You know. <laughs> so yeah, so he'll be going off to Rio, and I'll be going to to where is it? Kensington. <laughs> Bro, you Bro. gotta get how you live it, man. But yeah, 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 yeah. So everyone wears different shoe sizes, so <laughs> it's not for you, but be content in it. Mary, what about you? <laughs> um, I don't really have many plans. Of course, there's like weddings and stuff, but I'm just excited to see how the Lord brings life in family, friends, local mm. church, yeah. community, mm. the world, essentially. Mm. So I'm really optimistic for the yeah, new year. Yeah, yeah. I feel like when the new year is coming, everyone's almost excited. A bit, a bit of hope that this year will be better than the last, and oh, this year will get better than it than it was before, and so forth. Um, do you guys have any resolutions? Because usually around this time, there's a lot of mm. resolutions. And Jimmy, what is your thoughts on self improvement, self development, New Year's resolutions, bettering yourself? What do you think about that? A wise man once said, hmm. "Life is about progression." Hmm. Okay. Um, is that a bad rap as well? No, that wasn't bad rap. That was Tax Stone and Tax Season <laughs> podcast. Shout out to him. Well, actually, we'll leave that aside. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I say I guess I'm I'm all for self improvement, mm-hmm. self development. Mm. Um, in terms of resolutions, I I think this is just a character type thing. I don't really necessarily staple goals or aims on a wall and say I want to tick this off. Um, at the end of every year, mm. um, or at the beginning of every new year. Um, but just on face value, I don't necessarily have any issues with people saying, yeah. I want to achieve this next year. Um, I just think it's more important about when you're kind of setting up those kind of targets or goals, you make them specific, yeah. measurable. Mm, smart. Um, do you know what I mean? You've, you know, you know yeah. that acronym. Um, as opposed to just saying, okay, I want to do this, but not actually putting in place you know, a plan to actually achieve those kind of things. But so that's just, yeah. yeah, off the rip. So if you saw me with a self-help book, you wouldn't you wouldn't have an issue with that? Hmm. <laughs> it depends <laughs> on who the author is. <laughs> <laughs> um, What's your theology of self-improvement, Israel? I'm um, like, I, I, yeah, I'm not, I, I have no issue with it as well. Um, I think it is important to, to seek to develop yourself. Um, I think in Proverbs, we read a lot about the, the skilled tradesman or the skilled artist who um, seeks to make their work as best as possible. There's a very high um, view of diligence. Um, you know, I think, yeah, I think in Proverbs as well, it also says that the person who is skilled will perform in front of kings, something along those mm, lines. His yeah. gift will make room for him. I'm thinking yeah, of all those yeah, yeah, yeah. punchlines I used to hear when no, I was no, no, What your parents say for you in prayer. Yeah. <laughs> his <laughs> gift will make room. When you're like 10, 11, <laughs> and your parents are making those prayers for you. Like, uh, yeah, those so are the kind of things that you hear. Yeah. So it's definitely something that should be in our theology in terms of recognizing that God did not give us gifts for no reason. I'm actually just thinking about the parable of the 10... Mm. Of, the, of the talents mm. um, where the master who gives you five talents expects you to double it you're expected to take what you have and to grow it mm-hmm. um, so I'm definitely for it my my only apprehension is I think more broadly in society self-improvement can be looked at as almost absolute um, and so we try to approach so I, I may say you know I play the guitar and I want to improve so that I can be an excellent performer, um, which is definitely right of me to do. But if I then take it to every sphere 
and almost build this theology that says i am the only one who can grow myself mm-hmm. in every dimension i think then you almost have a quote pelagian understanding of humanity where um there's no need for god at any point in your life because self-improvement um, mm. so i would want to sort of affirm self-improvement while at the very same time um putting some guardrails that that makes me aware and other people aware of the limits of self-improvement mm. um that we shouldn't go about doing the whole self-help system outside of the acknowledgement that without god i can't do anything so can i can i just interject and kind of get what our definition of like self-help self-improvement is because for some people self like self-help is just face mask eating avocado (laughs) wow (laughs) going to the gym (laughs) going to the gym them kind of things there whereas for some people it's about developing skills Mm. um it's about increasing their medulla obligata capacity mm-hmm. um that kind of stuff right so learning languages all of those kind yeah. of things I mean, I mean i think it can be defined individually but what are you guys kind of seeing as self-improvement self-development i was seeing it as okay it's a new year yeah okay i want to lose weight i want to mm. i don't know complete a marathon i want to learn a different language and you've got all these different things that you want to do so you right. use almost like a self-help guide to right. help you do these things so maybe to inspire in the morning to motivate you stuff like that okay is that is that the way you would define it, Israel? So yeah, a very, um, I I was thinking more along the lines of skills and abilities. Um, so that would include like languages, probably fitness, I guess. Um, so yeah, physical skills, um, whether that's playing the musical instrument. Um, if you have a job and you want to be better at it, and you want to get a promotion this year. Yeah, yeah. You, so you you sort of like on the side you learn different things so that you are more qualified, mm-hmm. stuff like that um yeah how about how would you how are you defining it yeah i would have, I would have said the same thing I, i'm lean more towards the size of skills and abilities um as opposed to i think do, do i just say like things that people use as remedies to displace stress do you know what i mean okay so i think some people kind of consider self-help or self-care as um they they use it as a mechanism to not run away from, but they're just saying, okay, I cannot. So because I need to take care of number one, mm-hmm. I eat certain things necessarily, yeah. or, you know, I have certain kinds of regimens for my body or my skin, which I don't think are bad things in and of yeah. themselves. Mm. Um, but I think perhaps it's just important for us to have a consensus on what we understand by self-improvement. Um, I think a lot of people tend to conflate self-help with self-indulgence. Yeah. So a lot of times I've seen people say, oh, self-help is just about self. And, you know, we're Christians. We have to do things for God's glory. Yeah. And of course, there's a sense in which that is true, but I don't always think that someone who decides in 2018, 1st of January, that they want to lose weight or they want to run a 5K is indulging self. Yeah, yeah. They just want to better themselves, which is a biblical theme i'm thinking of even when he talks about the athlete who trains to obtain the prize there's almost like a a principle behind diligence and hard work and how that leads to reward so yeah. i don't see the issue in that in that regard I, w- I was thinking of i'm trying to remember i think it's i know it's paul i I'm, i can't quite remember where he said this um but he he saw said you know i i worked harder than any than everyone else Ooh. but yet it was was only because of God's grace that I got what I did. That's first Corinthians, um, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I guess that's that's the sort of thing I'm thinking of when it comes to self help and the 
the helpful boundaries that we need in order to optimize mm-hmm. um, self-help because we recognize that yes you, you can pray all you want but if you're not training as you know harder than every other athlete you're not going to win the olympics mm-hmm. like you can do fasting and prayer but if you're sitting at home <laughs> you know quote depending on god you will come last yeah um, <laughs> but at the very same time you can't say oh i'm training i'm training i'm training i don't need to depend on god for this um which i think can be the temptation if we not if we're not mindful of it we can say because i am putting all this effort in it all depends on me um, which isn't true because we recognize that um, the Christian can only do what they do because of God's grace. Mm. So we should be able to say with say with Paul, I worked harder than anyone else for this particular thing. And yet it is only because of God's grace that I got where I did. Mm. And even with like resolutions, for example, of course, we, we, we're called to do all things for God's glory. Mm. So if, for example, I decide uh, next year I want to learn Portuguese now, mm. how can I trace that to doing that for God's glory? If you get what I mean, you get what I'm asking. How c- As in, how can that language be used for God's glory? Yeah, like, it does every resolution have to. The answer is yes, but, like, how do we... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so why are you asking the question? I'll be, no, I'm I'll just saying, ahead. like, do we have to have, like, a, a, a framework in our mind that says, okay, I want to do this, and the reason why I want to do this is because the end is God's glory, and I'm almost have to trace how that leads to God's glory. Do you get what I mean? Or do you think we can just do it because it's just a good thing to do? I'm and you know it leads to God's glory. I was inclined to say that I, th- I think... At the point at which you're making your decisions about what you want to do in the new year, yeah, I don't think at that point in particular your mind has to be. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. If you feel, I don't think at that point at that point in time your mind needs to be like, okay, cool. How is this going to help me um, demonstrate God's glory in some sense? I think it will become a thought um, definitely. So if you're saying, okay, I want to learn a language somewhere down the line you should be thinking okay i can use this for example as a missionary or i can go to another country for example and help to translate the bible into this particular language Mm -hmm. Mm. i don't necessarily think at the point at which i say hmm okay i want to go travel i have to be thinking i have to travel here because there are unbelievers and they haven't heard the gospel yeah yeah. you know what i mean so i think it for, for a christian it will come into their thinking but i don't know if it's it must be um right at the point at which they have the thought I, I, I want I wanted to say as well that um when when we do set our goals so you see, you know you say oh I want to learn Portuguese um at some point it should cross your mind that this is for God's glory but I don't I don't want us to think that the only way it can be for God's glory is if you now leads to evangelism go on to <laughs> Portugal or to Brazil or something like that um and I was thinking of Paul's words where he said you know whether you eat or drink do all for the glory of God mm. and in that statement he wasn't saying or drink as you're flying over to a country <laughs> that's never heard the gospel so it can be for God's glory. Just living a life according to the pattern that God has set out is glorifying him. Yeah. When you uphold the image that he put on you, that is glorifying him. So learning the language so that you can um, build your trade and build your craft, like we talked about with Proverbs, is to God's glory. Seeking to multiply the talents that God has given you is for his glory. So be mindful of that and say, you know, I know that I'm capable of doing this and I know that it can allow me to um, reflect the beauty of the languages that God has given to his people um, as, as, as creation is glorifying him. So I don't, I don't need to feel that, um, I don't say burden, but that... Compulsion? Yeah, to, 
to to have to take it to quote the mission field for me to feel like I'm actually glorifying God. Mm. If you choose to do that, of course, that would be to God's glory and that would be that would be beneficial to the advancement of God's kingdom. But if you don't, you're not any less of a Christian. Mm. So what points are you do you have in mind as you're thinking about the new year? Like um what ways are you trying to approach God? Approach the year in the most glorifying way. Mark twelve, love God, love neighbour. Mm. Um, mm. And progress. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, th- so th- I think those are the f- those are the things that y- you want to have have in mind, I guess, for any kind of resolution, or certainly as a Christian, any kind of resolutions. I think those are two of the foremost things you can be thinking about: is how am I going to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ? How am I going to grow in conformity to His image? Um, how can I better serve my local church? How can I serve my f- my family, people around me? Um, who are in need or or how could I just be a better friend, mm. brother, sister kind of thing. Um, so the, I think that's how I would kind of think about for any kind of perhaps relational ones, definitely um, those are the ways in which I'll be thinking about how can I set my targets. Um, do you guys do anything with like trying to read the Bible in the year or mm. read certain books in a year? Like, do you have any things that, okay, 1st of January, I want to do. Do you have like things that you decide you're going to do or not? I'm think I'm speaking more spiritually, generally. Um, I so yeah, I, I tend to I think for, yeah, for like four years, do the Bible in a year. Mm. Um Diligent, and, I, <laughs> <laughs> and I also try and read a certain amount of books a year. I won't lie though, starting work definitely I need to re <laughs> reorganize the way that works because yeah. there's only so much you can do. Being a uni student means you have a lot more time. Yeah. <laughs> which I really don't have. So for twenty eighteen I'm trying to like be a bit more realistic, the whole smart t- yeah. stuff <laughs> and um reshape some things so that it's more practical. Yeah. Um and I'm actually I'm actually hoping to learn a language. Hey. But I won't reveal nothing because I want to, to in the next, in I think in a future episode, like season three, just start speaking in that language. And we'll, and we'll edit it out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. Um, Dami, um, do you have anything? Ezra, were you going to say something? No, I was, I was, I was oh. going to round it up, yeah. Dami, do you have any, like, do you say, okay, I'm going to read the Bible this year, or I'm going to, I mean, but I mean, read, finish the Bible, of course you're going to read yeah, the Bible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you would hope so. <laughs> you would hope so. Um, um, yeah, so, um, I think, Particularly with kind of like Bible reading plans, trying to find one that um, is realistic. Is realistic. Mm. Some of um, these reading plans is like sixteen chapters in a yeah, day. I'm yeah, like, yeah, come yeah, on. Yeah, that, that, um, that's, yeah. So I think <laughs> I I tried to do the what was it? The, I started the year trying to do the five by five, mm. um, and realized that it didn't necessarily work with the schedule that I had. Mm. Um, so just took it down to actually just a chapter a day from the Old Testament and the New Testament, mm. and tried to grab through the year reading that. Um, and that was definitely very helpful. Um, in terms of kind of other kind of books, I'm not as voracious reader as Israel. Yeah, well, I no one is the, Israel. Do you know what I mean? I said to him in the summer, listen, I have some time off just before I start. Next one I'm about to do, I'm gonna try and read as many books as he you. He really is private, you know? He, he really <laughs> is private. <laughs> he said, before I start, <laughs> what I'm about to do. And then, um, and then, and then, yeah, I just did, I didn't read as I doubt I read as many as him kind of thing. Um, but again, I think it goes back to that kind of that smart. If yeah. you know that you want to mm. do X amount of things, mm. set yourself a target per se, yeah, and be committed to 
fulfilling um, that aim or, or objective. Um, I think there was a, sorry, just before we wrap this up, there was a point about when we were talking about theologies of, of self-improvement and self-help. Yeah. Um, the only thing that I wanted to caution against, I think maybe Israel alluded to this when he was speaking, was just um, we're at a time when because self-improvement or self-development is, it, it has monetary value. There are, there are life coaches and stuff like that mm. now, um, which I don't necessarily know that people had before mm-hmm. um, or, or in, in earlier earlier parts of, of, of civilization. Just um, slowly but surely it started to infiltrate the church mm-hmm. in a way in which we're seeing our Sunday morning services mm. or our sermons become more about motivational speak mm. and four ways to do this or to achieve yeah, this kind yeah. of thing and is detracting away from uh, the very essence of why the church is built, which is the preaching of the gospel. I think we just have to be mindful of whenever we're talking about, particularly from just the church's perspective, um, that we're not getting lost in the source, as it were, where we're just talking about how people can better themselves apart from the fact that the, the most the most fun the most the most fundamental basis for which a person can quote unquote live their best life hmm. will be determined by how they stand in relation to God through Jesus yeah. Christ. Mm-hmm. That will form the basis for how you um, establish relationships, mm-hmm. establish your ambitions, set your targets, all of those kind of things. If that is dealt with, which is the most needful and the most the foremost thing, if that is dealt with, then. I think that gives you the platform then to kind of start thinking about all these other kinds of things that you want to do. But where I'm kind of hesitant with a lot of this kind of speech is that I'm just seeing how a lot of it has just become commonplace in the church, yeah. void of gospel, actual gospel yeah. ministry. And that's where the self-indulgence comes from, yeah. where it's it's actually about self as opposed to making much of Christ. Mm. Um, and as you've seen, the world, and, and naturally the world laps that up because we love self yeah. as opposed to doing things for God. Um, yeah, I like what Piper said about how do you make resolutions by God's grace through faith in God's power for God's mm. glory. Mm. And you have the whole Jonathan Edwards resolutions, which is probably like one oh, of the yeah. greatest resolution yeah, guide yeah, yeah. ever. Um, my favorite one is resolve never to do anything which I should be afraid to do if it was the last hour of my life. Mm. And that always convicts me because yeah. I'm usually thinking, why am I doing this? This is like, I can read a book or I could do something else as yeah. opposed to just mm. being here. Um, mm. So yeah, I'm excited for next year. Definitely. Any last encouragement for our listeners for next year and how they should view it and so forth? Um, I guess um, one one thing I would say is um, seek to get closer to God. One, um, be more virtuous to and grow your craft through. Mm. I think that's a nice sort of like um, triad um, where you you are sort of trying to to be more Christ-like and also grow the talent that God has given you. Um, the idea of virtue is something I feel like more increasingly has been left out in society when it comes to, to self, self-improvement. self I'm gonna turn this into something that- <laughs> um, But yeah, so I'm thinking virtue is really sort of looked down upon when it comes to development we try to f- we focus on skills a lot and i just i just don't want people to forget that aspect as well um to grow in courage to grow in charity and love um diligence gratitude to god those those virtues that 
at the end of the day matter more to who you are at the end of life mm-hmm. um, i think it was david brooks that said in your in your um, in your funeral when you die people are not going to say you know oh we're going to miss him because he always knew how to save money for our business <laughs> or um they were very good at cutting tax or something like that it's going to be they were well, let me if you need help with that <laughs> It's going to be, they were loving, Mm. they were kind, they were generous. These are virtues we mention in eulogies. It's not, um, quote, skills. Mm. And so skills are important, obviously. We know that. We've already seen that in in the Bible. Um, But the virtue is is what truly impacts the others around us um, and reflects the image of God. Mm. Tell me. Just look out for more stuff from Black Berea. Plug. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, definitely. Listen, um, we're, we're hoping to release um, some requested videos and stuff. The podcast will still be going strong. Lord willing, the website will will still be flourishing with articles and stuff like that. And yeah, just to say thank you to everybody who's, who's rode with us for the better part of this year. We're coming up to one year in February, I believe it is. Yeah. Um, and this first, say, 10 months has been amazing. Um, we're thankful for God's grace. And yeah, just, just please keep praying for us as well. Yeah. Um, praying that the Lord would continue to give us the zeal to co- to, to continue doing this work. Um, yeah, that's that's me, really. That's all I've got to say. Yeah. Thanks, guys, for listening. We always appreciate the love. Um, Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year for yep, all yep, that yep. are listening. So, yep, yeah, I'm Mary. I'm Israel. Dami. And this is Black Berea. Peace. Bye, guys. <laughs> 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 I can't <have> that. <laughs>